Welcome, my loves, to the School of You podcast, where we discuss sensitive topics and attempt at unloading and unraveling these unresolved traumas together. I will give you advice and my opinion based on my experience and experiences of others in my circle. So today's topic is going to be a very interesting one, but I feel like it's a very much needed one, especially with the change in weather. Maintenance versus self-care. Is there a difference? And the answer is yes, it is. It's a really strong difference. Let's dive right into it. Self-care versus self-maintenance. What's the difference? Think about this. The term self-care is more and more present in our everyday life. You will hear about it literally everywhere, though it seems that there are many ways to understand what is actually going on. And just for some of you all, this, um, I am going back and forth between my personal experiences as well as an article that um, I read and I thought was just phenomenal by a MA psych named Carolina Falkia, who I, I, I butchered her name, but and I'm so sorry for that. But I read this and I just thought it was just so powerful. In addition, I also read an article by, it's called, uh, she's called Stacy. And I just thought both of these articles were powerful. But you will find lots of posts around social media inviting you to practice self-care, presenting tons of self-care tips, routines, and ideas, right? And that's all great. That's all great. Just keep in mind, though, that a lot of what you will find refers to a tiny part of self-care that we can call pampering. Not even self-maintenance, pampering. Think of bubble baths, massages, or breakfast in bed kind, kind of a thing. Not that there's anything wrong with any of those. It's just, it's best to put it in context. Self-care is therefore often seen as something superficial or a luxury, especially for Black women, especially for working moms or single moms or single parents is that something special that we let ourselves do once every now and then i'm gonna argue that we need to change our thinking about reframing self-care and maybe recognizing it as a as a necessity similar to what we tend to think about say self-maintenance I understand that self-care as an umbrella under which you will find a lot of categories and we get to that later. Okay. But think of this, and this is an interesting question about self-care. Is self-care selfish or can self-care prevent burnout or depression? Mm, you got to go deeper. You need more than self-care because self-care is not the um be all to end all self-care is what we do for ourselves 
It's our ability to take care of ourselves and maintain our overall well-being. It can't be something as trivial, trivial as brushing your teeth, getting dressed, or getting through sleep, getting enough sleep. However, fulfilling our spiritual needs and taking care of our mental, emotional, and psychological well-being also fits under this umbrella. It's all those little and big things we do to feel better connected with ourselves and with the world around us. Self-care stems from self-awareness, being able to feel what we need and who we are on many different levels. When mental health professionals talk about self-care, they really often mean several categories, whether it's emotional, physical, social, spiritual, mental, and practical. Okay? And self-care looks different for everyone. What you might do for self-care or what you might recommend or what even what I might what I might recommend later on in this podcast might not be something that is conducive for you, but you create your own self-care. Self-care is personal. It's personal. Is self-care selfish? The answer is absolutely not. And yet a long answer is it depends. When we understand self-care in terms, it's not at all selfish. It's on on the contrary. We need it like oxygen. Would you say breathing is selfish? That is, if our overall goal is to live, be well, find fulfillment, and be in good relationships with others and ourselves. But keep in mind, us as humans, we can spoil almost anything. My ex-husband used to always say, everything has to be done in moderation. But for some reason, we have a tendency to want it all right then and there. And too much of anything is bad. So it is possible to go too far with the focus on ourselves. No matter what the intentions are, that could not be in your intention, but it doesn't matter what that intention is. It is all very individual. But if our days are spent coming up with ways to self-indulge, if we're in a race to gain more and more pleasure, if we tend to choose ourselves and our comfort over any thing else it may be time to reevaluate and that's only if you want to live a somewhat balanced life where there's room for other people our community a purpose and meaning we give our life other than shall i say it us Let's look at the self-care and burnout prevention because self-care and mental health relationship is a two-way street. If we're able to gain self-awareness and practice self-care, it's enabling us to better cater to what we need to grow and be well. It doesn't mean we will keep our mental health intact in every situation. Self-care is not a vaccine for all life sorrows. There are many things we don't have control over. 
Think about situations that you have been in that you did not cause. You didn't even welcome it, but it landed at your door. And now you have to deal with the burden or the fallout from it. Could be the death of a parent, a child, a death of a loved one. It can be um it could be termination from a job that you have put years in, invested in. It can be um being in a car accident or any type of accident, work accident. It's things that you didn't necessarily cause yourself. You have no control over it. Self-care is not going to fix the mental state that comes with it. You're going to need more support than that. Taking a bubble bath is not going to stop you from crying from the loss of a loved one. Or... Getting your nails and told, getting a pedicure and manicure is not going to ease the pain of the ending of a long friendship. Getting a massage is not going to stop the pain in your heart that someone else inflicted upon you, like the ending of a relationship. And that relationship could be with family, that relationship could be with girlfriend, boyfriend, it's, it's not going to heal you. You have to look at it like it's more like good nutrition. We all need to eat, right? And it does matter that our bodies run on, what our bodies run on. Mindful self-care equips us with specific skills and abilities to better maneuver life and possibly set sail smoother, even through our lowest lows. Needless to say, a good self-care strategy will effectively help you prevent burnout because self-awareness helps you better address your needs and take care of your overall life balance. And people, this is really much, this, this is psychology 101. That's just psychology 101. On the other hand, though, there are certain mental health conditions that will make it very difficult to practice self-care. Depression, trauma, PTSD, anxiety, and burnout are some of the most common ones that will impact our capabilities of being there for ourselves. Like you have people who live in big cities like Chicago, New York, um, Los Angeles, or live in um, like Washington, D.C., you have people that's living in big cities and uh, like San Francisco and like the crime, these cities are crime written. The politician seems like they don't know the logical, what we think is logical uh, ways to assess and evaluate and address it. And then you have the influx of immigrants. So you have all of these things and all of these traumas that can increase your anxiety, that can increase your depression, that can increase your post-traumatic stress disorder because it's almost like you living in fear and the unknown. And when you are on survival mode, you have to ask yourself, do you even have the capability 
of focusing on self-care when you're trying to just live, get through the day? So one of the signs it's time to talk to somebody would be when it's difficult to practice that self-care. So if you can relate to any of these things, that means that you need beyond self-care or you need someone to help guide you through these mental health conditions so you can start practicing self-care because life is going to continue to happen. But you cannot constantly live in fear and be effective or efficient in life. That's not going to happen. You have to learn how to take the good with the bad and still focus on yourself and start making changes to your attitude, start making changes to how you move. And only how you can do that is with help. Because if you've been trying it yourself and you realize you're falling deeper into a depression, you need to seek out assistance like a therapist, a counselor, spiritual counselor, a psychologist, a psychiatrist. You need somebody to talk to that will help and assist you in practicing self-care and getting through the mental health conditions of depression, trauma, PTSD, anxiety, and burnout. Think about problems with setting boundaries, self-defeating thoughts, shame, loneliness, and so on. Worst case scenario, it would be the inability to take care of yourself physically. That's also a story for another time. But any of these things are very, they make it very difficult for you to have self-care. For instance, if you don't set boundaries and you're always please trying to please someone and you know that you are having a bad day or you know that you really need this moment to yourself and someone calls you to invade your space and you're having a difficult time saying no because you haven't set no boundaries, all it does is exacerbate your depression. It exacerbates everything about you because then you start having self-defeating thoughts. You start being mad at yourself for not saying no. Why didn't I say no? Why did I keep on saying yes? This person don't even appreciate it. Why I keep letting them invade my space? It's, it's not healthy for you. It does you no good. So you definitely need to set boundaries. And sometimes it's easier said than done. And you need that professional help to assist and guide you. Now, let's think of some self-care strategy or self-care routine, right? Like, what is that? What it looks like? We don't need a glamour self-care routine, right? That will only last for a couple of days or weeks. That only touches the surface. We need a long-term solution, like a strategy we can incorporate into our everyday life. And on that note, one of the superficial ways to understand self-care is that we need to stay positive and get rid of all the negative aspects of our life. What self-care then becomes is just pampering and the inedible loss of touch with reality. If we want to take good care of ourselves, 
The solution is to confront reality and build on it. You cannot escape reality. You cannot live in a world of illusion. It just doesn't, it just, it, it doesn't, life doesn't go that way. You can't just sleep a situation away. You just can't sweep a situation under the rug. You just can't, you can't take a shower and then all your problems is gone. Like, that's not how that go. And there's this funny thing about reality. We can't contextualize the, the good without the bad, right? Without touching the sad and the angry and the lonely and all those other negative emotions. It really is about acknowledging reality as a whole. Like, for instance, I still struggle with my grandmother's death. And there's people around me that they're there for me, but people have a tendency to forget my grandmother, who was my mom. She, it hasn't even been a year. And when you lose someone of that significance, you have no choice but to keep moving forward in life because life doesn't stop. But that doesn't mean that I'm not emotionally struggling. That doesn't mean that I don't cry. I just cry silently. That doesn't mean that there's not sadness within me. There's sadness behind my eyes, but only a true friend will see that. Most people want you smiling and um, and and advising them and pouring into them, but sometimes it's sometimes it can be lonely because you 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 don't have that support or that check in that you so desperately need. And people have to understand that that is a reality. That is a reality. What, like I said, without touching the sad and the angry and the lonely and all those other negative emotions, it really, you are in the now. You are really in the now. You have to see people for who they are. And yes, it hurts, but you can't, you can't drink it away. You can't smoke it away. You can't sleep it away. It's still going to be there. So it really is about acknowledging reality as a whole, the good, the bad, and the ugly. People are going to be disappointing, but that doesn't mean that they're bad people. You know, it may mean we need to address our inability to talk to people. You know, maybe being quiet about how you feel because you think people don't want to hear about it anymore. Maybe... That's a problem. Maybe it's not the people. Maybe it could be you or it could be the fact that you have trust issues, right? Or you have issues with entering relationships with the wrong people or you have difficulties with assertiveness and so on. It really is about acknowledging reality as a whole. There are so many layers 
to this. There's so many layers on why you have the inability to talk to people. There's so many layers on why you keep entering into relations with the wrong people. There are so many layers to why it's so difficult for you to say no or be assertive. You have to address the layers that is part of your self-care. Because other than that, you're just going to continue to repeat this cycle of toxicity because that's what it is. What self-care sometimes look like is real work. It's blood, sweat, and tears. This is not something that happens overnight. You have to get down to the root of why you move the way you move to understand it. And then once you understand it, you can pull that root out and then you can plant something that's more geared towards your development. But each time we make time to understand and ultimately heal ourselves, it feels nurturing. It really does. Because like a light bulb come on and you're like, oh, I didn't know that. Like you have so many people in the black community. They go through something and they rather pray about it or they rather go to their pastor or bishop about it. They don't want to seek therapy. They believe praying is their self-care. And praying is a good self-care. I, 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 I will always advocate for prayer. But God did not put people in these psych positions or mental health positions just because. If you get sick, would you not go seek a doctor? Would you go to your pastor and just tell him to pray for you? No, you wouldn't. So I don't understand why it's shunned on to go seek out professional mental health when you've tried everything to balance yourself mentally and emotionally and it's not working. You will never feel nourished and you will never feel whole without support. None of us can do this alone. And it's not a part of the weekly to-do that you have to check. Though it's often will be present in our everyday lives. This is something that you work at every single day. This is not a to-do list. This is a survival. This is a survival mechanism that you need. This is a survival mentality that you have to have. This is about putting you first so you can be a better mother, a better sister, a better friend, a better aunt, a better niece, a better cousin. A better colleague. So let's move forward. What is self-maintenance? A common understanding of self-maintenance is all those mundane activities we do to keep ourselves alive and function adequately in society. We do it on autopilot. Okay, and better or worse, we get it done. Without it, our life will be miserable. 
Think about not washing your hair, not brushing your teeth, and eating junk food every single day. It does seem a lot like basic self-care, doesn't it? Yes, it does. This is self-maintenance. It's the things that you need to do to keep you going. Your basic everything needs. Think about it. If you don't brush your teeth, then what happens? You can get gingivitis. You can get... um or infections, you can, there's anything that can happen, right? You don't wash your hair, your hair starts stinking, it get dirty. Some people get lice, all type of stuff. Like it's, it's just not healthy. So these are things that you have to do. You eat junk food, what's in your, in a bed all day, what's going to end up happening? All you're going to do is just gain weight and then you're going to become even more miserable. Okay. So look at self-maintenance like that. It's just your, it's your basic self-care, basic. Please understand that not feeling okay is a part of being human. Our bad days and our anxiety, that's just a part of being human. It just is. You can't run from it. There's no amount of money that's going to prevent you from having bad days. It's just not. Toxic positivity or simply self-maintenance won't keep us out of harm's way either. Nor will trying to suppress our so-called negative emotions. We need them all. But we also need resilience and self-awareness, kindness, compassion, and the ability to function well in interpersonal relationships. And that is precisely why we need mindful, deep self-care. The thing that we could borrow from self-maintenance is its everyday presence in our life. We really need more of it. We can't think of self-care in terms of a system that consists of intentionally chosen habits. Those habits and behaviors work like a muscle. And to train that muscle, we need mindful repetition. So know when it comes to mindless automation. But yes, when it comes to everyday mindful presence, self-maintenance is not self-care. It is essentially the things you do as a basic need to stay alive. Self-maintenance activities aren't necessarily healthy and it doesn't show any significant care for our minds, bodies, or our souls. Okay, some, just think about it like this. Some self-maintenance activities include just breathing, sleeping, eating, expressing, expressing our emotions. Okay? However, when it comes to self-care, there's this quote from Only What You Need blog that says, one of the best metaphors for self-care that would come across is putting on your oxygen mask so that you can then assist others. Self-maintenance, on the other hand, is actually breathing in that mask, in that oxygen. 
Simply put, self-care is not an indulgence. It does not cost any money or require a lot of your time. But if you have money, enjoy yourself, boo. I'm not mad at you. Okay, if you can sit here and travel to an island, if you've never seen a winter or fall because you can afford that, baby, do it. I'm not mad at you. But self-care is all the ways we take care of ourselves beyond simply just staying alive. It's the things we do to recharge our souls as well as our mental and emotional health. So here's a list of self-care activities that you may consider adding to your list if you haven't already. Making time to exercise. Taking a long, hot shower, warm bubble bath. Meditation and deep breathing. You guys, that works. That works. Practice makes perfect, but it works. Keeping a healthy diet and exercise routine. Knowing when to say no and setting healthy boundaries with people. And this one is very important because it leads you on a path of being consciously assertive. Not just saying no because now you just learn it. No, but understanding why you said no, why you're saying no, and why you're setting these unhealthy, I mean, why you're setting these healthy boundaries. And I always suggest you don't practice on the people who have been there for you. You practice this on the people who have abused your kindness. Start with them. Asking for and receiving help. It is okay to ask for help. It's okay to receive the help. And a lot of people who are the givers, like myself, find it very difficult and Asking for help when you need it because you get all of these self-doubt and harming thoughts about yourself, like you're worthless and different things like this. Listen, everybody needs help and it's not always financial. You might need mental help. You might need emotional help. You might need spiritual help. You might need physical help. But be aware of the help you need and be aware of who you asking that from. Because you do have a lot of wolves in sheep clothing. Please learn to read people and read the room. Taking a walk outside or just sitting on your balcony if you have one or if you have a sun porch. Taking that time to just enjoy the moment, you. Journaling your thoughts. I am a huge believer in journaling. I am a huge believer in journaling, but what people have to understand, just because you journal, just because you write something down, that does not dismiss what you're going through. At all. Just because you write something on a sticky note on a paper and you burn it, that does not mean the situation is still not there. You still have to have to adamantly work at the root of the problem. But journaling does help you organize your emotions, your thoughts. It does help you to reflect. It does help you to analyze. It does help you to see things more clearer than you 
did before because sometimes our brain can be so scramble scramble you need that okay you need to see it you need to see what you're going through you need to see those words you need to process that journaling is so good for your thoughts reading a good book put the cell phone away okay stop looking at tiktok to four three o'clock in the morning okay go on a go go on a technological or social media fast i went on a fast from facebook for six months that was several years ago i'm rarely ever on there rarely when i say rarely it's probably once every six months you can do it most educated people in this world are book readers read a book exercise that brain turn off the world for a second and indulge and get your get away from your current situation even if it's temporary by indulging in a good book a book can take you to magical places go there it's okay you don't need social media for that listening to inspirational music let me tell you something i'm not the most religious person in the world but i am spiritual and i make sure on my alexa in the morning that i'm playing the clark sister station yolanda adam station kurt franklin station i'm i need that i need that it empowers me i feel more connected to my grandmother's spirit I feel more positive. I feel more of a clear thinker. And I feel less alone. And it's so encouraging. And it's also a good reminder that God got you. He haven't forgotten you even if you thought he did. He didn't. You will overcome. So, my loves, with that being said, do not forget to take time to engage in at least like one of these self-care activities on a daily basis. I firmly believe that as a mother of one, but just mother's period, we set the tone for the environment in which we dwell with our families. And if we're not good, they're not good. Okay? So remember that. Always remember, a happy mom is a happy family is a happy life. So, with that being said, I gave you a lot to think about. This was very, um, this was very refreshing for me. I have been out sick, real, real bad, and I'm just getting back into the podcast. But I want to thank you, my loves, for listening and sharing your thoughts with me. It was amazing discussing my thoughts with you. And don't forget to tune in to the School of You podcast every week where you're going to partake in riveting discussions with me. And maybe a surprise guest. You have to tune in to hear my loves. You will all enjoy your day. And God bless you.
and please believe you got this and do not apologize for putting you first. Have a good one, everyone.